0: Hi, and welcome to the Kick Knowledge Podcast where we bring back hip hop's fifth element. I am your co host, Zach Diaz, and with me is Steven Gilbers. Steven Gilbers. That's me. This is episode 27. 27.
1: 27, yeah. So, do you want to start? Yes. And coincidentally, this is episode 27, and I just
0: heard 27.
1: Happy birthday! Yo, Steven! It's my birthday. We're gonna party like it's my birthday. Actually, it was yesterday. We're recording this on the 26th, and uh, my birthday was yesterday on September 25th. Yes. Um, And um, yeah, Uh, that was cool. Um, I got this really interesting uh, gift from my parents. Mm -hmm. It was um, it's it's like a coffee table book. It's called Back to the Lab. By um, Raf Rashid. I hope I s- I'm saying that right. But um, it's super cool. It's like a it's like full of pictures of famous hip hop producers' home studios, and um, it's so cool because like there's there's guys in there like, um, uh, well, Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla's home studio's in there. Yeah, I saw he was on like the last page. Yeah, he was like they edit, they kept yeah. that one uh, <laughs> last but not least kind of. Uh, uh, strategy and um, but there's a bunch of cool cool studios in there, man. All these fucking synth- synthesizers and drum computers and um, records and crates. Um, and, like DJ Babu is in there. Like I'm sure we'll get into this uh, in more depth. So like I didn't fully check out the book yet. So uh, but it's really cool. I got that as a gift, and then you know. Um, like I said, I was, it was my birthday September 25th and with me, uh, a bunch of other hip hop legends and or upcoming hip hop legends, uh, <laughs> celebrated their birthdays as well because, um, uh, also Charles Gambino, um, Kid Anarchist or Gino, Ostrom, uh, friend, friend of the pod. He, uh, he's exactly a year older than me, um. He was on episode 9? Yeah, 9 and 10. He was on the Christmas episode. Man. We haven't had a chance to have him back on the show, but yeah. I want what to talk about, time. like, rhyme schemes and shit sometime soon and get him on the pot for that. That'd be um, cool, yeah. So let's... uh, And maybe um, get him and Frank on the pot together to talk about uh, Eminem and Kamikaze. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's all for future episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and uh, so Will Smith as well, the Fresh Prince, the one and only, had his birthday as well. His fiftieth yesterday. And he jumped out of a freaking helicopter. He j- <laughs> yeah, Will well, that's Smith,
0: a way to do it.
1: That's I mean, that's. I mean, I had a pretty good birthday. Um, didn't jump out of hel- out of a helicopter though. Yeah. Definitely didn't jump out of a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. Um, you know
0: the... I love it. Whenever like he did the drop, and then he was like he like bounced back up, and he was just like hanging there, it was just like a rag doll. And he was, he said he was just like, I don't know. I guess he was just kind of in shock, but just seeing him <laughs> hanging there was so weird.
1: He was like yeah. so relief, probably. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. This Will Smith is such a freaking icon, man. Like I can't, oh. I can't even like. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's he's so hip-hop. Like, a lot of people forget, like, they see him as this actor or social media guy. A lot of people seem to forget that before all of that, he was, you know, he was the Fresh Prince. And he was a yeah more
0: than... No, yeah, I've met people who, like, didn't even know he was a
2: rapper. Oh,
1: man. And it's like, like, he's the he's the first rapper to actually win a Grammy and boycott the Grammys at the same time. Like mm-hmm. how's that for dope? You know, what yeah. I mean? that's that's just like Eminem is still talking about boycotting the Grammys uh, on his most recent album, and mm-hmm. Will Smith was doing this in the in the eighties. So um, very true, yeah. it's a true hip hop icon, and um, you know, and not just in terms of his music with uh, Jazzy Jeff, of course, but also as sort of. In a way, I feel like he's popularized or made like made it a little bit mainstream hip hop in its early di- <coughs> sorry in its early days with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, you know the Quincy Jones show uh, featuring mm-hmm. him uh, playing Will Smith based mm-hmm. on his own uh, based on himself, but not entirely, of course. But I uh, man, I love that show, and I love uh, Will Smith. There's this this meme that went around the internet um, based on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where um, there's a lot of those. Yeah, but but this one was very specifically related to um, to him jumping out of a helicopter, bungee jumping out of a helicopter, and people were uh, recalling this one episode from, I guess, season four uh, of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where this one dude, Trevor, uh, bu- <laughs> bungee jumps out of uh, bungee jumps while proposing to um, Hillary Banks. The That's that right. car- <laughs> just smashes into the ground, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and people are saying, "Well, why? Why do you think this is a good idea? Don't you remember Trevor? Like, don- yeah. <laughs> it's like oh man, I love it." But uh, yeah. September 25th, man. It's a hip-hop birthday. Yeah.
0: Well, not only that, but you're you're gaining international fame, apparently. What? Yeah.
1: I woke up this, this morning uh, to a tweet where um, uh, Rebecca Starr, she's a linguist from um, the National University of Singapore, and she saw my uh, presentation on East and West Coast rap flows and prosody, speech prosody, uh, when I was in New Zealand in Auckland, um, she was there in the audience. and She was live tweeting it back then, so I talked to her afterwards, and she was uh, really excited about the work I was doing on hip hop. And being from Singapore um, or being based in Singapore, she uh, she was sort of wondering out loud uh, in that conversation with me what how Singaporean rapper, rappers would be uh, flowing. In terms of, because Singaporean English is marked by like a very little rhythmic variation in speech, you know? So uh, she was wondering, hey, what's going on with, with rappers? And now this morning I got, I woke up to this tweet and she said, uh, apparently uh, Rebecca and her um, students, they um, invited some rappers from Singapore uh, to a data collection session where they recorded them rapping and speaking cool. and they're going to yeah. try and replicate my study and see um, nice. what's going on in Singapore rap. So that's super awesome, um, but yeah, that's super awesome. I'm really excited to see what's going on, what's going to happen with that, uh, with that little project. And um, yeah, I guess I got to hurry up with my own research now and get that out because <laughs> yeah. uh, it would be cool to compare the, the findings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, um, so what's going on with you, uh, Zach? <laughs> what's going on with well, you, Zach? I mean, but yeah, I'm just sort of
0: adjusting to British life at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's officially the first week of school for me. Mm. Um, I know in the States, like, everyone's already started for the past few weeks, but yeah, here.
1: The British start later, right? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. for
0: me, it, it was September 24th. That's, that was like the first day of of classes. Yeah, and I right. think like I think maybe I've heard like Oxford they start like next week. They start like the first week of October. Mm. Like really, really. Yeah, it's a lot later than than in the U.S. But um, so yeah, I'm starting. It's weird because I'm not really doing coursework right now. I'm just sort of working on my, you know, starting to work on my dissertation. Right. Which is you know nice. everything Dilla all and everything Dilla, <laughs> which luckily. I'm you know, somewhat prepared for. Yeah. So going into this is pretty Didn't you write a master's thesis? It's pretty thesis smooth. On yeah, that? you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote like an eighty four page master's thesis on on donuts, so that's obviously helped. That's helpful. a good start. Yeah. That's a good start. But um yeah, uh but uh so in mm-hmm. Bristol it's a, it's called the M shed museum and it's like off the little where the, the Bristol like the docks are. Yeah. Um and kind of the city center, but um, uh, it's kind of the the museum. It's kind of a history of Bristol museum. It's not like super huge, but um, on the like the top floor of the museum, they usually have like different exhibits running, um, and this these past few months they've had an exhibit on the Bristol music scene, mm-hmm. um, so it's you know on trip hop and drum and bass and jungle and all that stuff, um, and it's been like. It's such a cool little exhibit. Unfortunately, it it closes September thirtieth, so this this past week was kind of the last week to see it. But me and Justin went. I actually saw it with someone else like a couple weeks ago, like when I first got here. But going with Justin was kind of cool, just because he's a little bit more well versed in (laughs) the (laughs) Bristol music scene. Um, But yeah, it was really interesting. Like they had this whole map of like Bristol music. In each decade, so it like started in the '50s and then all the way up to the, like the 2010s. It's an interesting scene, especially like the start of hip hop in Bristol. It started with this group called the Wild Bunch, which they started in like '82, '83. So it was like was kind of early, yeah, yeah, especially for UK hip hop. Yeah, like they were kind of on the forefront, um, and they were just doing. I think it was just like a couple MCs and a DJ and. Uh, but the Wild Bunch, the original members of the Wild Bunch, that's what eventually morphed into Massive Attack. Oh, By the shit. early 90s. So, like, it was interesting seeing that, and then, like, so-and-so left, and then another person joined. And then by the time you get to, like, '80, 80, 88, 89, then it's like, okay, then it's Massive Attack. And then Tricky leaves. No, yeah, Tricky was in Massive Attack, I think. Mm. But then, yeah, so then he leaves, and then he does his own thing. And then all of a sudden you have Tricky and Massive Attack... And then at the same time, you have Portishead, and all of a sudden, it's like you have this wave of trip hop. Oh shit! Yeah, it was cool, kind of seeing that visually. But those are but, the um, same.
1: Those are the same guys from yeah. like back in '82, and they yeah sort of.
0: I mean, they they started and yeah yeah they started doing like DJing and MCing, like, 80, like it was really really early. But yeah, I didn't. It was interesting to to see.
1: Whoa, dope!
0: And then. I was trying to think of who else. But yeah, it was just cool seeing kind of that, and then the, there was a lot of highlights of current hip hop artists, like um, a lot of them I hadn't heard of. But um, I'm trying to remember who who was. I mean, it was a lot of like EDM stuff, mm-hmm. which which is still, like you know like Ronnie Size. He's like one of like the founders of Drum and Bass and Jungle. Oh and yeah, like, of course. Like you should check out his stuff because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Like it makes you like want to like just start making drum and bass now, but um, uh, but yeah, it was a really, really cool little exhibit. Um, I would recommend <laughs> if you're in the Bristol area, but they're 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 closing, so it's a little bit too late for that. But yeah, <laughs> it was it's it's a really cool little thing they had set up, and then and now it's gotten me thinking, like not only with my own research, but just trying to narrow, down, just trying to figure out. Like, okay, what is trip hop exactly? Yeah, right. You know, and like, how does that relate to current hip hop production or instrumental hip hop? You know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Super. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really um. Like, I know a bunch of music from the Bristol scene. Like, Massive Attack is like the shit to me. Yeah, I saw yeah. them live once, and it was incredible. Um, but I don't know. Know what I mean? I don't know the, like the the intricacies. I don't know the the nuances of that scene. The details of it. Um, mm-hmm.
2: It's
0: a lot bigger, you know. Especially going through that to that exhibit, it's a lot bigger than I like originally thought. Yeah, <laughs> anticipated. Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this guy. Uh, it was like in the 2010 section. There's this rapper called Bugsy that mm. they were like highlighting. Holy Jesus, he's good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's grime. He's definitely like you, more UK hip hop. Yeah, I would say because a lot his production is kind of. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but man, he can spit some fucking bars. He was, mm-hmm. like I was like, holy shit, and then I like went listen like when I got home, I was listening to his stuff, and I was like, goddamn. And he has a song called uh, it's called Bristing. <laughs> it's like the whole song is like about Bristol and like mm-hmm. hip hop in Bristol. It's really really cool. But um,
1: what's how would you define the difference between grime a UK hip-hop because I, I know a lot That's, of people find think they're synonymous or just sort of...
0: Well, it's weird because with grime, you know, a lot of people in grime, they, like, want it to be its own thing. They're like, no, we're not. Like, we want to be kind of separate from... Let's... I don't know, but then, you know, I think it was Dizzy Rascal. Like, he was on, a, like, the front cover of a hip-hop magazine. Like, when his first album came out. Yeah. And I think, like... Um. What was it? And then there was it was very controversial because like he was a grime artist, everyone's like you know, but he was in a hip hop magazine, and everyone's like, Oh, this isn't hip hop. Blah, you know, people are complaining. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can't remember the name of the. I think it was. Who, I think it was James that was telling me about this because he was he was working for hip hop. Mcnally. Yeah, because he James, was yeah. a journalist at the time in London, and like he was working for that magazine. And, like, it was a big controversy that he was going to be on the cover because, you know, he was a Grime artist. And at that point, and like, it was 2003, 2004, like, that, it was a lot less clear. Yeah, it was a lot less clear what exactly Grime was. I feel like yeah. a little bit more. I mean, even still, though, it's, especially now that it's kind of making an international, you know, is it coverage, I guess. Am, it's, am, it's, I, um, am
1: I, am I admittedly limited well no let's rephr- <laughs> let me rephrase that um, like I'm not by any means an expert on grime even though I really enjoy uh, a lot of grime music mm-hmm. um, it, yeah. but, but like to call it a completely separate thing from hip hop is from my perspective feels feels like saying trap music is something completely different than hip hop Yeah. And I feel I, I kinda, like it's just yeah. a, in my in my perception at least but it might i might be wrong i might like i'm i'd be happy i'd be more than happy for someone to tell me i'm wrong and tell me how i'm wrong but like like there's a lot of differences of course but in the end uh, grime it's they're rapping and yeah. and they're and it's a lot of electronically produced beats and often with eight oh eights in there and like yeah. I feel like it's um you know I feel I feel like it's a subgenre more than a yeah, sep- I kinda, completely I separate feel, thing.
0: I kind of feel the same with, with trip hop really. Because that's kind of the same issue with Trip Hop is that you know a lot of you know the guys we were talking <laughs> about earlier Massive Attack, Portis like they hated yeah. that label. Like the label trip hop because it was just kind of used because they didn't know, you know, like journalists didn't know what else to call it. So they're like, "Okay, trip hop. That's a that sounds cool." Mm-hmm. And but to say that that's not really a part of hip hop, because a lot of people, I feel like, put trip hop more in kind of the EDM genre. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah. and I'm like,
1: eh, like dance music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eh. yeah.
0: It's like you're not wrong, but I don't know if it would go that far. And I, you know, it's kind of the same with you know, like we've say, grime with trap. It's like, yeah, it's kind of its own thing, but to not put it in the wider culture of hip hop. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, that's just me though. No. It's 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 tricky. Yeah. What yeah, is? yeah, I did it. I said it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, it. I, <laughs> uh, I made a joke. <laughs> uh, for those could, like because I one of the artists we were talking about was tricky.
1: His Wait, name he, was tricky. Explain it a little instance. bit more, Zach. Um, what was? Well, that? I don't know. If, just in case anyone, no one caught that. I just. <laughs> I'm so funny Uh, Uh, love it Uh, (laughs) um, what was I gonna say oh yeah so what I what I'm wondering is um, I guess I guess if I I don't know but I guess if you could argue that um, if Grime sort of when did I don't know exactly when Grime came up like when it it I would was, say that
0: like early two thousands is probably yeah what it was. right.
1: So it's there's no way that it developed separately from hip hop. Like there's no <laughs> well, way because
0: that... a lot of those guys started out, especially with Wiley, started out as like drum and bass producers mm. or like two step garage or as they say here garage garage yeah. garage <laughs> producer. You know that's kind of where they started, and then they got into emceeing and so. Technically, it was born outside of the hip-hop, but then it's like, well, but they're still rapping. I don't know. So like, maybe... maybe that's it, just, I don't know.
1: Musically, grime developed sort of separately from hip-hop because it came more from the drum and bass yeah. Uh, or, stream. Yeah, or... And then,
0: but then... I don't know. I get so... Even though I listen to a lot of, like, electronic music, I get so caught up in, like, the different subgenres. Like, I'll say, like, oh, yeah, it's 2-7, and then it's, no, it's... Garage and it's like no, it's dubstep stuff and it's like no, and it's like I'm like I don't know, I don't I just I know where it's from. I can't. I'm not good with labels. No, you know, me neither. I'm trying
1: especially when yeah, no, definitely. Ah, uh,
0: that's just I don't know the way we saw that is such a white person thing to say like well they're rapping so it's <laughs> like I don't know like <laughs> we're trying to have this nuanced conversation of well it
1: actually is defined yeah but they're rapping so what, what I do find interesting is that. Um I feel like rhyming like rhyme schemes are less the focus a little less uh Yeah, there's less focus on on the rhyme schemes in in the most of the grime I've heard and more on flow, I guess. Which um, is because a lot of the tempos are really, you know, the tempos are intense. faster.
2: Mhm.
1: Um Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very interesting. I I'd love to Uh, well I mean you're right you're in the UK Um, I'm sure in in in, in one of our future episodes we can get like a a true grime expert on the show to Mm. school us a bit to to kick some knowledge to us you know Um, I'd love that because I mean like I said the grime artists that I'm aware of are amazing Um, or at least a lot of them make am- amazing music. Um, and I'd love to figure out what the nuances are. Yeah. yeah. Should we uh, move on to the news? Zach? Right into the news. The news. We need a jingle. We need to come up with a jingle for... Uh...
0: Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum. That's the NFL. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh... All right,
1: what's been going on? Uh, last Maya week. Shug Knight. Oh shit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Shug, Marion Shug Knight. Uh, Suge is short for Sugar Bear, by the way. A very appropriate nickname. I
0: didn't. I didn't know that. Why no. Know that?
1: <laughs> um, he uh, last week he pled guilty to manslaughter, um, and as a result faces 22 plus six, so 28 years in prison. Um, and yeah, he pled guilty, so <laughs> that's that's gonna happen. And uh, I think he's 53 right now, uh, Jeez. founder of Death Row Records, of course.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So by the time he gets out, he'll be in his 80s if he even makes it that far. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, it's it's a very interesting topic, I guess, because. Well, yeah, weren't you interviewed? Oh, yeah, or... yeah, actually, uh, the NOS, um, the it's like one of the or maybe the major Dutch news agency is like the CNN of the Netherlands, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and uh, and they interviewed me uh, for their um, uh, for an article about shook, like a background article. Uh, they they. Um, Uh, stumbled upon my my name and called me and uh yeah so i i basically told them uh gave them a bit of background information and uh stories about um your parents best friend vanilla ice for (laughs) example for example being uh, hung off uh, a balcony by a shug knight um and like stories like that and sort of how he might have been connected to the Pac and biggie murders and um uh, how he was affiliated with the bloods and you know why even in his 50s he was still getting into that kind of shit and um yeah and i was quoted and i got a lot of a lot of great responses for that it's i mean i gotta admit it's it it's a pretty cool feeling to be like the go-to guy apparently in the in the netherlands for um when there's hip-hop related news uh that they call me that's kind of that's feels pretty good But yeah, um, back to the topic, Suge Knight. I mean, it's like obviously he's he's a massive asshole. Like he's such a like that person. He's such an asshole, you know. Like he he really have a lot more to say. I don't. He's such an asshole. But like even like. Without Suge Knight, I don't know how hip hop would. I don't know what hip hop would have looked like right now, today. Yeah, it's a weird. And it's like in 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 a positive sense and a negative sense. Like I can imagine that without Suge Knight, Tupac and Biggie might still be alive. And I can also imagine that without Suge Knight, Dr. Dre never would have really gotten out of his contract. For N.W.A. early enough, Mm -hmm. and the Chronic wouldn't have happened, and Snoop Mm. and and Snoop Dogg wouldn't have like Doggy Style wouldn't have happened, and G Funk might not have happened the way that it did, um, and then Eminem wouldn't have happened, and Fifty Cent wouldn't have happened, and you know like this, and it's it's like you can never you can never know. We should do another like another. Alternate universe or alternate alternate, alternate history? Yeah, yeah, alternate history. What if Shook Knight actually made it in the NFL instead of only playing yeah. two games for the Rams and then yeah. getting benched? Um, what if he would actually no, made it and he wouldn't have? That makes me think of um, death row Records. That makes me think of
0: okay. There's this. Um, I think I might have talked about it in a previous episode, but uh, there's this documentary, <laughs> documentary on Netflix called Sample This. Yeah, and it's about the incredible Bongo Band Apache, mm-hmm. and how that's been sampled like million. And then it's basically like the origins of that single. Yeah, and like how like because the entire thing is just made up of a bunch of like the band is made up of a bunch of studio musicians. Yeah, and the producer. What was his name? Crap, I can't remember his name. Oh my god.
1: Oh, those are those are the I'm worst. It's gonna moments, really
0: man. bother me <laughs> if I don't. Yeah, just Google here.
1: it now. Just Google Bongo it. Bongo
0: <laughs> Michael Michael Viner Michael Viner.
1: Yeah, W. Viner.
0: I don't, I, I, Viner Michael Viner. I don't know. But anyway, he was he got into the music business because he was he was an aide for he was in politics and he was an aide for uh, Bobby Kennedy, I think. Oh shit! And then Bobby Kennedy got shot.
1: So he was out and of a he was job. Like,
0: okay, you know, and, and he went to LA. He got into the movie production. You know, got into movie producing, and then he was like, "Hey, I want to do get into the music business." So then he started, you know, and you know, disco was getting big at that time. And then like that's, so so it's like because JFK got shot, or not? J- I <laughs> edited that up because other Bobby Ken- Kennedy
1: got shot.
2: Yeah,
1: other Kennedy. Gee, because Bobby Kennedy got well, shot. Well, maybe if JFK then, Keg- hadn't gotten shot. Bobby Kennedy wouldn't have run. You keep going, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have run for like, president, and he wouldn't have gotten shot, and then yeah. So then without, we wouldn't
0: have had Apache sample, and then a lot of a good chunk of hip hop wouldn't have existed.
1: It's yeah, very weird. That is yeah insane. Yeah, yeah so yeah. maybe, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm. I like Suge Knight. <sighs> Terrible person, but you can't ignore what he accomplished. He built basically for a couple of years he ran hip-hop like like if it wasn't yeah he he just ran hip-hop yeah and um and like i i the quote i gave to uh to the nos to the uh for the during the interview was that he was the icon against gangster rap without ever rapping a single word you know he was but he was, he was the embodiment of gangster rap he just didn't rap and it's uh yeah it's 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 a tragic sort of story and it's so deserved like he yeah. so deserves to go to prison mm-hmm. for the stuff that he did not just for this case but like he's done so many bad things like and even the stuff that he didn't do he was like so happy to have this image uh, of being a an, like a, a gangster tough guy that he sort of speculated that he'd uh, injected E with AIDS with an AIDS infected needle or something oh yeah I was about to say and all these yeah. stories like he, he told this on yeah, interviews like like years after EZE had even passed and I'm like dude what are you doing but he was just so desperate to be notorious so haha <laughs> not notorious B.I.G. he was desperate mm-hmm. to, to kill Notorious B.I.G. and he was desperate to be Notorious and uh, that he like kept that image up no matter no matter what and maybe that sort of brought him down in the end um, I don't know yeah. but he, he yeah you, you can't ignore you that Shug Night this. was super important for hip-hop and especially mm-hmm. for West Coast Gangster Rap of course but yeah West Coast Gangster Rap is super important for the rest of hip-hop history so yeah
0: looking forward to the the biopic.
1: G- well, it will
0: be like the unofficial
1: sequel to Freddie Compton and he had... the same guy. He's he's been that guy was terrible in All Eyes on Me and then I realized it wasn't his fault it was the script because in Unsolved the Murders of Biggie and Tupac that mm-hmm. Netflix or not Netflix show. I saw it on Netflix here but that show was he was super good. So mm-hmm. that that actor I c- I could do with a Suge Knight bios series, I
0: guess. A show. This would be in the hip hop cinematic universe.
1: Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then, then how many epi- how many movies do we need until we get like an uh, like At an Infinity War. Infinity, Infinity Wars. <laughs> Infinity War, hip hop. Oh
2: my god.
0: That would be amazing. Rick Rubin. Is like it gets. We basically. I don't know.
1: Hey, I mean, we've had civil war because we've had the East Coast, West Coast. We had civil war, but mm-hmm. now we need like an outside enemy. Maybe Trump oh could God. be the outside enemy with everybody. I don't know. Or like
0: just like the Illuminati or something.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but Jay Z is part of the Illuminati, Zach. Oh
0: yeah. Shit. Yeah, but then that would be the twist. Is like, oh, oh we gotta fight the Illuminati, and then Jay zs like, yeah, we're gonna
1: that write is... this right now. This, this is... is so stupid. You gotta write. It. Fast because uh, once our listeners hear this, um, fa- fan fiction is going to pop up <laughs> immediately. Cool news is that uh, we talked about it last episode, and um, but now it's we were
0: all excited. Really, gets coming out, and then it was like, oh, okay. oh no! Get away but
1: now, like Lil Wayne's confirmed it. The Carter Five is dropping on September twenty-seven, which is. Uh, tomorrow by the time this episode gets out it might already be there and this is kind of a kind of like a big deal um considering sort of the history with Lil Wayne and Cash Money and um man, um mm-hmm. sort of blocking that album from being released for years because of their feud um mm-hmm. but yeah the Carter Five is dropping man I, I don't I don't know what to expect like I really hope it doesn't disappoint like there's been yeah. s- it's and then we have
0: yeah, and then we have Yandi
1: Yandi well, by so. Kaye like he he drops later that week, I think two days later the twenty ninth mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's interesting, because, mm-hmm. like um I'm wondering you know like usually a Kanye release is a is a big thing, and like i'm
0: yeah, but what I is personally sorry, I'm personally more excited for Carter five.
1: To be honest, I never thought I'd say this, but I am more excited for the Carter Five than the next yeah. Kanye project. I. It's not because the last projects weren't good. Like, I mean, even though I was oh, yeah. disappointed by the. But this, ah, man. So who who do you think Zach will do better in num- in terms of numbers? I feel like there's than-
0: so much hype for the Carter Five. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that does better. I, I do I mean, feel like the the Carter 5 type
1: might have peaked two years ago or something. That's
2: true,
0: that's true, yeah. Because I don't know, like, critically, I don't know, I don't know, because for me personally, like, Lil Wayne is very hit or, hit or miss, and when he, he hits, it's awesome, and then when he misses, it's like, wow, yes. this, this, is, this is painful. What's that, what's that so.
1: record again? A rebirth? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, remember when uh, Cuddy did this rock sort of record and we didn't like it um, yeah that's right yeah. Re- rebirth is a lot worse <laughs> yeah that's
0: true yeah, yeah. but
1: then yeah. dude's got a lot of classic records too and well, yeah. um, I know a lot of people hate on Lil Wayne and think he's not that great but I that's why I'm excited
0: that's why I'm excited though because even if it's just as good as like Carter four
1: then sweet like, it's a very decent I, record yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm excited. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you know? Um, do you know what like what producers he's working with? I have no idea. And like I don't know anything about the features. I'm wondering if Drake's gonna be on there. Um, I don't know if he's really that cool with Cash Money anymore and YMCMB. So, YMCMB doesn't even exist anymore. I think so.
2: Mm.
1: Um, that's gonna be exciting. I don't know. I really don't know. I should have done better research. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, let's see. I'm, I'm my money is on Lil Wayne over same, Kanye same. I don't feel like the Kanye hype is as big as it was for um, for, for Ye. Ye. And Ye did very well, but it didn't do numbers, numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My money is on Carter five topping the charts next week, uh, not Yandy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Hey, Zach, I came across this uh, quote from Slash, uh, Guns N' Roses, right? Um, and mm-hmm. he basically, he was, he was saying, well, rock isn't the number one genre anymore, and I kind of like that, is what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, but then hip-hop is, and he says, as far as hip-hop is concerned, it's become so generic at this point, it's definitely taken, taken on a very top 40 thing. What's uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Where was that from again?
1: It's uh, I don't remember where he said it. Let me look it up. I saved the quote and I um, slash because
0: you know he's not the first person to say something similar to that by any means. No, and that that sort of attitude like always even for not just for hip hop for any it was genre, USA
1: maybe. Today. He says it oh, in okay. a use a today interview.
0: Yeah, that sort of mentality of whether it's hip hop or pop or rock or whatever. Yeah, it just kind of bugs the shit out of me. It's just <laughs> okay. So for me, it's like because if all he, for example, if all Slash is listening to is the hip hop songs that are in the top forty, in the top
1: forty, then yeah, it's then yes, taken they're all going to
0: sound like top, top forty because, the, because that because that that's the 40.
1: definition of the top forty.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, it's like, okay, for example, like, so, like, in the UK, like, and, and like, grocery stores and stuff, like, this will make sense in a second, like, meal deals are a big thing here, where, you know, you can get, you can go into the, go to the to-go section Mm -hmm. of any supermarket, grab, like, a pre-made, like, ready-made, like, sandwich. You can get some chips or crisps here. And you can get a soda, and for, like, two or three pounds. And it's a great deal. I need to stop eating it because, it's like, I need to eat other food. But like, imagine if I went into, you know, like, all I ate was, like, this stuff. And then I was like, you know what, Stephen? Food today just sucks. (laughs) Food sucks, you know? Like, all food is just bad. Like, it's just... (laughs) And and you'd be like, well, all you're eating is like meal deals. Like all you're eating is like crappy sandwiches with a bunch of mayonnaise that are like like not even a pound. Like stop eating that.
1: Yeah, if you go to McDonald's every day and you're like,
0: man, food is terrible. Like all food is is just bad. It's all the same. Like it's all it's all the same. Like everything's fried. That's such a dumb thing to say. And like that's exactly how I feel about whether it's. Any sort of genre of music, like even if I narrowed it down, like oh man, sandwiches today, yeah, you know sandwiches, like they suck. They're always cold, and it's like, what? No, they're not. No, like they don't have to be cold. They don't have to be cheap at no. the supermarket. Like you can go to other places. And same as with hip hop, it's like, man, hip hop, it's just lame. And it's like, well, then where are you? Go-? Like if you're going to top forty, yeah, for hip hop, no, It's going
1: to be top forty. I mean, that's that's not in the necessarily top few- bad. forty is the common denominator. Like, in order. To succeed and get in that top 40 list, you have to be liked by a lot of people. So it's going to mm-hmm. be... There's, you know, there's forces working on those musicians. Exactly. Uh, driving them to make more mainstream music. That's just... You know, it's,
0: like I said earlier, like some of that might necessarily be bad. Just like when I go to a sandwich, get a sandwich at Tesco, like their BLT is pretty hey man, good.
1: There's pretty good sandwiches out there. Like
0: Yeah, but is it like that's the pinnacle of...
1: Cuisine? No.
0: Or is, it representative, <laughs> is or is it
1: representative of... Even if it was, the, was it representative of the cuisine as a whole? Nah, not no. really. Yeah, it's a... Uh, what it does make me think about, though, is, like, the term hip-hop? It's... Hmm. It's... Like... Let's say 2018, 2017, 2018, kind of hip hop that, that, Mm -hmm. um, what it encapsulates is like the music it sort of represents is, um, is convoluted in a way. Like I was Mm -hmm. listening to, uh, I came across that Lil Peep and, um, Triple X Tentacion, Tentacion i don't know how to record um falling down i think and uh and i was like huh all right and i and i heard triple x uh before like i enjoyed his records and then i listened to a bunch of little peep stuff um obviously he died last year but like i listened to his older stuff and um and I'm like is he a rapper? Like I don't think of, I don't think he ever raps. He he sings and he rhymes, and the beats are trap, trap influence. But they're also very much. It's almost like it's kind of the Post Malone thing. Yeah, Post Malone kind of the same thing. And it, it's almost like the the way with the guitars, it kind of sounds like these, almost like these sort of skater punk rock bands from the early 2000s. It's emo rap. Yeah, and then mixed with, like, trap drums, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 808s and shit. And I'm like, yeah, emo rap, but is it really? Like, what is... I, I feel like the only reason we call guys like uh, Lil Peep rap is because he's called Lil something. Yeah. You know, I don't... It's, it's hard to... Um, like hip hop's gotten so big, there's so many lanes within hip hop right now. That especially is some... with,
0: you know, and this has kind of been the case for hip hop and its place in pop pop yeah. music, like especially top forty. Yeah. Since the it's inception, since like the beginning of hip hop, mm-hmm. uh, like when I was at that. Uh, not that exhibit earlier today. Yeah. Um. I was at the section where it was like, '80s. It was like looking at the decade of the '80s. Yeah. And there was it was going through. I can't remember the group's name, but it was this group. It came out with this. It was like this number one single, and it came out in like '89. and It was just this like R and B singer, but the production was like it was like funky drummer, mm. like in the background, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder why they would want to do that because in the late '80s, you know, in '89, you know. You know, public enemy and de la soul, like that was the sound of the hip hop. Yeah. And now it's what it's trap drums. It's 808s. It's, like that's yeah. that's become the sort of Yeah. The current sound of popular music. And it's that's what's interesting too with hip hop is that like whatever hip hip hop has been sort of the trendsetter for the past several decades and like whatever hip hop in whatever direction it goes and and that's not in just Top 40, you know. You can look at guys like, you know, like jazz rap,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and then you guys, you look at Kendrick and like, oh, there's so many people in the jazz world that are influenced by Kendrick now. It's, yeah. I mean, you know,
1: it's it's sort of full circle, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, I don't know. Like, it's always these old guys like Slash and uh, whoever the fuck's mm-hmm. being interviewed next they're Back gonna say day, something like
2: blah, blah, blah. I
1: don't even what I think is that like from what he said I think he kind of enjoyed hip hop in the past never worked with rappers but I don't know yeah obviously if it's if you're listening to the the, the top 40 stuff it's gonna be top 40 I don't know mm-hmm. um, talking about Lils though there's another oh, overdose this is so stupid this God. is <laughs>
2: <it's>
1: insane <laughs> Lil and uh overdose, but he overdose on Cheetos.
0: On hot Cheetos, yeah. Hot
1: Cheetos. And like I don't I don't know how many Cheetos you gotta eat to get that you gotta eat a lot. Something ruptured, something in his stomach and he had to go to the hospital and You know what, I'm just I know like, like I, I saw like... the uh, I saw the headline Lil Xan overdose and I was like, nah, come on, not a, not another one, you know, when <laughs> I clicked mm. on it. <laughs> So I guess we got to call him a uh, little Cheeto now, man, because <laughs> it's not, it's not overdosing on the Zannies. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it, it could be a lot worse. Um, could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it for news? Oh, yeah. There's one more thing. Uh, we missed it on the last episode, but there was a shooting at Nipsey Hussle's Marathon clothing store on uh, West Lawson Ave in L.A. And, I mean, I found that particularly interesting because I visited the place back when I was still in L.A. And um, (laughs) so, well, obviously it didn't happen then. Um, But, yeah, it's this is – let's not let my mom hear this episode because she's going to get stressed the fuck (laughs) (laughs) out that I I visited that place. But, yeah, uh, that's it for the news, I guess. Hey, um, recently there was this album by this group that you really like that came out. And I believe you want to talk about it. Brockhampton,
0: Brockhampton, Brockhampton. Brockhampton, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last episode, but I was very excited for this album. I remember Especially cause this is Because this is post-Amir Van Brockhampton. Because Amir was kicked out a few months ago. It was like while they were on tour. yeah because he was getting, dealing with all these allegations of sexual assault and yep. you know uh, the, the rest of the group responsibly said you know they released the statements and said, like he's been removed from the group That's good you know and I remember like when that came out and like they kicked him out it was like before before a performance I think and they had to go out and all it was so awkward because there's a video of like them trying to perform and like all all of Amir's verses are just like empty like they didn't have time to like have Prepare. someone else do his... Yeah, so they're all just standing there, and it's so it's, it's sad. And you could tell, like I think some, you know, like Kevin Abstract and stuff. They're just like emotionally, like you could tell, like the looks on all their faces. Well, like, I mean, they sucks. live; they
1: all lived in the same place, right? That's yeah, of, uh, like they're concept. all so tight knit, you know. I mean, I mean, imagine figuring out your roommate is a is a is a fucking sec, like. A yeah. predator, and then not just your roommate, but your colleague and your one of your friends. It, it's that's got to be tough. So, mm-hmm. but they've got a they've got a new record, right? Yeah. So it's called Iridescence,
0: and it's very, very, very good. What's nice about this at, at this point, what they're doing, and they've also released a few singles before their their. Before this album, mm-hmm. that I don't think any of them showed up on the album actually, mm. but I'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it's um, this is the first post Amir, and I think it's going to be like the first of a trilogy, just like the last. Like, like saturation, the saturation was, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting seeing like oh, kind of what they're doing. Apparently, they recorded the whole thing in ten days, mm. which is nuts. Like, based on that, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, that's just the fact that... And they recorded it at uh, Abbey Road, I believe, too. Oh, which really? Is fucking cool, yeah. Yeah. That's a big step up from, like, random house that they all rented out in L.A. to Abbey Road. Like, that's a big step up. But, um, yeah, but, you know, now that Amir's gone, you're having... You have other people can kind of, like, shine through. Yeah, more, honestly, more space personally, for others? I was, like, never a huge... Like, I didn't think Amir was bad, but a lot of his verses were kind of sounded the same. Yeah. Like, and they weren't bad, but they're all, like, they had the same cadence to them, and it was just like, nah, he's fine. But now you have guys like Merlin and Joba, who, who just, like, they're highlights of this album. Especially, like, Joba. Holy shit! Like, his... his he's got some of the best bars on the entire project. Nice. Like this kid is n- i don't know why i'm calling him a kid he's probably the same age as me <laughs> but i don't know cuz all of them are like 20 somethings like they're all slightly younger than me so i'm like you kids <laughs> you're doing great stuff i don't know <laughs> but yeah it's ugh, fuck dude it's it's really worth it it isn't i would say it's going to take some time for them to kind of uh, like figure out what their sound and style is now now that like a a big chunk of a big part of their group is, is gone now yeah it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of readjust but I mean based on like the whole situation what they were able to, to get out of this was is impressive. really impressive cool yeah what's and the, like uh, I'm just excited to see what they do with the next you know two installments I guess
1: yeah it's going to be Iridescence 2 again like Saturation 1, 2, 3 yeah. I don't, we know. don't know we don't I know I assume I don't know what's the standout tracks for you because I haven't uh, properly me, listened to it
0: yet. Uh, I really loved San Marcos a lot. Mm. I was thinking, though, because like, San Marcos is this town outside of San Antonio. I don't know if they're specifically referring to that. To, I have a few town. friends that live in, in San Marcos. So I don't know if they're referring to the city in Texas. Or could be. I'm assuming. I don't, know. I don't know if any of them are from San Marcos. Because I know Kevin's from Corpus Christi. And a few of them are from Houston, so I don't know, but could be. Yeah. Nevertheless, very very good song. Definitely stands out. My only thing was that with the previous with saturation, like it was nice how there were a few like really like nice soft ballads Mm -hmm. that were just completely. They were basically just acoustic songs. They weren't even really like rapping. It was just barefaced singing his heart out, and it was gorgeous. And you still you still got that on this record. But there wasn't any. It was. It all just felt like there was constantly like a drum beat going, and like that's not necessarily a bad thing. But in terms of pacing, it was just like always hype all the time. <laughs> and you know when you start when you put on the first two few tracks, it's like fuck yeah, this is awesome. And then after a while, it's like okay, <laughs> like, we need some
1: balance or something. That, a- that's, that's
0: that's but that's not. It didn't break the album for me though by I- any means.
1: I'm yeah. I'm curious. I'm gonna check it. I I only had time to. Yeah, I only made time, I guess, to 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 like mm-hmm. skim through the tracks. Um. I really like wait. Oh yeah, wait's uh, great. Wait's great. There's a, but I like the first half is what I heard, and mm-hmm. um, there were a few songs that I was more impressed by than others. But, but this is like I, a I, super in, in depth review. No, this, this is, just is really saying, a hey, first. It's great. I mean, honestly, yeah. How in depth can it be if I haven't heard the full album yet? So. I, I
0: listened to it a few times, but I would say this is still like first impressions type thing. I mean,
1: for me, I've like, um, I've heard Kamikaze like a hundred times now, maybe, Cause, like I've like just to sort of del- delve into all those lyrics, and I still don't feel like I've completely figured everything out yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take a while for this record, too, I guess, uh, until we can give a sort of definite uh, grade. Or yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't really do that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to uh, see what they're going to do next. They are one of the most prolific groups out there. Like, there's so many, so many records like holy shit, like didn't they do like saturation one, two, three and, like within a year or something? Yeah, all that was like within Jeez. eight months. So that's insane. And yeah, like when I it comes am, to like working on a they freaking have, one record for, for nearly ten years.
0: <laughs> like they have set a standard for themselves. Yeah. And it's it's so like even if you have issues either if you were on like the side of you know, this is an amazing album or the size of it side of it, it's kind of disappointing. It's still a like it's still a Brockhampton album. Yeah, you know they have done what guys like Kendrick, you know, and I don't know. I'm just gonna use Kendrick because he's just the best example of like setting a standard for themselves. Like going in, you know yeah or like run the jewels their records. There. Yeah, run the jewels is a great a- example too. It's like they have set a standard. Like you know exactly what you're getting yourself into, and it's yeah. Like almost guaranteed to be. It might not solid. be their best
1: work whenever yeah. it comes out, but you you're not expecting a dud. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna check it out. Uh, definitely. I know that uh, Frank uh, Frank Stevens he saw them live recently. Oh shit! Nice. But he I, he wasn't entirely like it wasn't. There was something, like, I don't remember exactly. I remember him saying he couldn't quite pinpoint it, but there was something off about the show. Hmm. Was it, and like, f- how long ago was that? couple months. Hmm.
2: Uh, it Does was past,
1: like... No, it was, well, it was after uh, Amir yeah. uh, left. Hmm. Um, I think one of the things he said maybe, but I'm not sure, uh, I might be misquoting him, I, I, I f- vaguely remember that it had something to do with uh, the, the pacing being too hype in a way. Yeah. So maybe that issue that you have with the record itself with no ball- being no ballads yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, maybe that was the case for the live show too but I could be completely wrong uh, so mm-hmm. we should have we, And here's the have thing they're really themselves. fucking
0: good with, with hype tracks like that. Like, oh, they will hype sure. you up. Yeah. Damn, like, ooh, they're really good at that. So it's like, not necessarily complaining, but you know, I get what he's saying.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, all right, the, enough for en- enough of Brock Hampton for now. Like we need to mm-hmm. check it out a bit more to judge it. We'll probably get back to this discussion uh, at the end of the year when we do our lists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I you talked about this trip hop article that you wrote. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I I, I guess I was going to mention it earlier, but. Um there's this article I have found by I have it up right here. <laughs> uh by this guy Jeff Rag. Uh-huh. Who he um it's like a journal article thing, but I found it on like academia.edu so I think anyone can kind of check it out.
2: Yeah. Um
0: right. he's from or he I don't know if he's in New Zealand right now or he's from New Zealand but he he's doing his PhD in New Zealand, and it's this article from 2016, but it's about—it's called "Just Don't Call It Trip Hop," reconciling <laughs> the Bristol sound style with the trip hop genre. Ah, and it's—it's it's him kind That's of. That's kind of what you talked about
1: earlier, right? With uh... yeah,
0: but it's a, this is like a more—if you want, this is like for further reading. Check out blah blah blah. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, it's very good and and interesting to see kind of how he tries to define it. Some of it I think is really good. Some of it I don't know if I agree with entirely. But what I think is interesting though is that he has this these a couple of these Venn diagrams, mm-hmm. and like he kind of puts trip hop in the center, and then he has like post trip hop, and then Bristol sound, and then instrumental hip hop, kind of all in the same
1: sort of. Oh, and it overlaps. Tri- yeah, and then you have these, this
0: overlap. But the biggest thing I was confused about was post trip hop. I'm still not entirely sure what that is. <laughs> it's like because then. Because then when he, in in the article, when he talks about specific artists that are either instrumental hip-hop or post-trip-hop, it's like, you know, I've heard was, you know, the guy, the artist he mentioned, I'm like, well, no, they're more trip-hop, or at least I've heard them called trip-hop, well, no, they're more instrumental hip-hop, well, no, they're, you know, and then they're, you're just arguing semantics at that point. Oh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Of, like, he labels, who's, uh, I don't know if you've listened to Uncle, it's like U-N-K-L-E. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I, I think he labels him. They have
1: this. the The first time I heard them, don't they have this uh, song together with uh, Radiohead singer? Radiohead singer. Yeah, with Tom York and then uh, Tom, Mike D. Tom York, of course. Yeah,
0: Mike D did a track on his first album as well. Yeah, yeah. I re- um,
1: I remember finding out about them because of uh, that Tom York feature track, and uh, like back in high school, I think I heard.
0: Yeah, but then he labels him as in, I think he labels him as instrumental hip hop, but, but everyone else I've talked to on forums and stuff labels him trip hop. Mm. And then you know guys like DJ Shadow, and this gets labeled instrumental, but then I've also heard people call
1: DJ Shadow trip hop. And then I'm like, Whoa. I feel like I feel like instrumental hip hop. Why why not both? <laughs> I know. Yeah. But then it,
0: that the other thing gets weird because then when you get into instrumental hip hop and then it's like okay, well then you guys like, have guys like New and then you have guys like J Dilla. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, well is that related is, to trip hop? Is that really
1: like? is it a really a valuable category? I, I hear, more. I never
0: really heard anyone call Dilla trip hop, but I've definitely heard guys people say Nugebus is trip hop, which I mean, is so like, what wow. is
1: how would you define trip hop then?
0: I mean I don't think like, it, I feel like it has more to do with like a style and he's kind of he kinda of points this out a little bit in the article, where it's more of a style than a genre. Of like yeah, and even still within with, with saying that it's still kind of hard to define that. Well, then it's like, well then what's the trip hop style? <laughs> you know, but then you know when I think of guys like kind of I guess more current trip hop artists like Flying Lotus or Bonobo or yeah. you know they have this sort of it's saying it's hip hop but it's trippy like that's a dumb way to define it. But I guess it's like Occam's Razor type thing where it's yeah, like yeah. the shortest is kind so of... works, it works. It it work. Work. Yeah. You know, it's instrumental. And that's the thing, it doesn't even have to be instrumental in my opinion, but...
1: You know, so... No, massive gets, attack it, is an instrumental. A lot time, Yeah, right? like they have, you know, yeah. and then all those...
0: Yeah, and then all those Bristol guys and that, maybe that's why he has... Because he has Bristol sound as separate. Oh, so it's right. like... Because then that can exist with within Trip Out, but that has more of like a local Bristol... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. So, then when how it relates to my research, I'm like, okay, well, would Jay Dilla be <laughs> in that bubble somewhere? And I'm like, no, but... But? It's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. I know, this might lead into, like, a paper that I want to write or something, where it's like... where is cool. Where does Jay Dilla... In, like, what do... Jay Dilla and... And trip hop having in common, common. yeah, yeah, because yeah. I I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere he liked guy you know he liked Portishead and massive he liked those guys. Oh yeah, he should. So, <laughs> and then how could and then going even further with that, this is just me geeking out at this point. Like, <laughs> but um, I found a lot of interesting similarities between kind of what's going on in the trip hop, what was going on in the trip hop scene in the '90s. And what's going on, I guess, still currently in the L.A. beat scene mm-hmm. of this past decade. Because they're both sort of grew out of this very specific place. They're both kind of instrumental genres. They both embrace a lot of other genres. They both kind of have this weird term that isn't really useful, like L.A. beat scene. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? And the same with Trip-off. I was like, what does that mean? think
1: you KB, know. part of the L.A. beat scene and not being in Los, in Los Angeles
0: yeah, and then some of those guys aren't <laughs> in LA. A lot of them all, like are have are signed by labels in LA, but like certainly I, I would say a good amount of them aren't from LA originally.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of amazing. And the same <laughs>
0: with trip hop is like you know a lot of stuff that gets labeled trip they're not from Bristol. You know. Yeah. So it's very hmm. like, seeing those two connections hmm. is interesting to me. And then in the middle, so then you have like. In the early two thousands, you have, I mean, Hop was still kind of going on, but then you have you know guys like Dilla and Madlib, and those. I don't know. That's how I picture it in my mind. Other people might picture it differently, is, but like when it comes to like hip hop production, that is yeah. influential. Obviously, I'm ignoring, you know, Pete Rock and Premier and all that, which is obviously just as influential, but. I would I would say though in terms of like how they sound yeah. I'd say like trip hop and LA beat stuff are sound similar. Sound way more similar than like '90s hip hop.
1: I see what you mean. Yeah. Is, yeah, 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 I can't quite put the finger on it. Put my finger on it right now, but I, I like intuitively I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, that's super interesting. I'm I re- I'd love to read your. Hear your thoughts on once they're more developed. I mean, on mm-hmm. uh, the connection between Dilla and uh, trip hop and mm-hmm. instrumental hip hop. Basically,
0: my thesis statement is: Is Jay Dilla trip hop? No, <laughs> but
1: but no,
0: but let's talk about this. <laughs> and then I I, I get the cork out with all like the the string the strings of yarn. And
1: I'm just like Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, you know. You yeah. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should we wrap this up? Oh uh, uh, yeah. Think hey Zach, off, so. I I really liked us doing song or album recommendations last time. Let's do it again. Um, I was thinking my recommendation for this week would be. We talked about him a little bit uh, in terms of the uh, or. When we talked about the shooting at his, at his store in L.A. Um, Nipsey Hussle. Dude's got a fucking incredible record. Victory Lap. And I really feel like that record's being slept on. Because, um, honestly, it's like, in with all this hype of uh, earlier this year, with all the Kanye and the Drake stuff and the... Like people seem to forget that uh, in like earlier in the year, that Victory Lap came out, and it's, it's it's incredible. It's an incredible record, and uh, just to name a few songs that you have to check out. Um, I mean, last time that I checked with YG, it's one of the singles, but it's it's such a West Coast track, man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so West Coast. My favorite personally is Hustle and Motivate. Mm -hmm. um the rhyme scheme in that one is so great it's it's like it's like complicated but very um accessible as well so he's got he's got like he he figured out a rhyme scheme that really works and he uses it it, uses it throughout and um but it doesn't interfere with the listen like how listenable the track is like he says Pull up in motorcades. I got a show today. That's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate. So he's like, got a show today. Hustle and motivate. Chop and throwaways. Hustle the hove away. They think I know the way. They're like, the, the rhyme scheme keeps going. And it's like, mm. it's, it's not like um, this kind of forced thing. Like sometimes Eminem can kind of be, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, let's force in a rhyme scheme. But mm-hmm. like this, this dude Nipsey Hussle low key is just like fucking killing it with the rhyme schemes yeah. and the flow and I like I have mm-hmm. a special place in my I heart don't know, yeah I have a special place in my heart for his flow like I analyzed his flow on the first verse of last time that I checked for my research and just to get that timing right to like mm-hmm. recreate that timing for my research was insanely difficult like he's mm-hmm. doing s- micro timing wise He's a fucking genius, like reminds Mm -hmm. me of uh, Snoop Dogg kind of micro timing. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he looks like like Snoop Dogg's little brother. (laughs) So like, it's not that easy to imagine that he sounds the same. Um, And uh, there's a bunch of songs with like cool storytelling as well. It's a really West Coast Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a modern mm-hmm. west west coast classic it might live mm-hmm. up to that and it's I'm pretty sure it's gonna end up high on my list for uh, 2018 so uh, my, check I check it know out if
0: I'm that just makes it cause since we're talking about rhyme schemes um probably my favorite rhyme scheme of any hip like any rap lyric ever is mF doom uh, meat grinder oh I think yeah. uh martin talks about it in his book like that song specifically yeah yeah but I like think it was just... mentioned
1: in, um, in one of those Vox videos where they had yeah, uh, Open Mic Eagle was in there. and I th- Oh, I think yeah. Martin was in that one, too? I don't remember. Well, he usually but, um, is. So <laughs> he must
0: have been. But, um, uh, but, it, but my it, favorite line... <laughs> sorry. My favorite on. line is when he says, borderline schizo sort of fine tits, though. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> one, because <laughs> just the way how, like, every. Yeah, every syllable rhymes rhymes. yeah it's But also like that perfectly describes one of my ex-girlfriends like to it i'm like wow (laughs) not only is that perfectly rhymed, but
1: yeah it resonates with me as well yeah Yeah. i mean yeah so that's uh (laughs) that's we got like when we talk about rhyme schemes doom and eminem are definitely going to come up uh i'm excited for that episode uh so yeah nipsey hustle victory lap check it out and um yeah, check it out. It's... Make yourself happy. What's your uh, recommendation for this week's act? Oh, mine
0: is just a... Uh, I mentioned earlier some of the singles that weren't on Iridescence. That oh, on right. Yeah. Camp. So it's 1997 Diana and then 99... 98 Truman, 99 Wildfire. It's all on their YouTube. Nice. And I don't know why. Like, there's one... I think, is it is it Wildfire? I don't remember. But it's got this Jim Jones sample. It's mm. a sample of, like, a Jim Jones, like, Sermon, it's fucking crazy, like it's so like hardcore. It made me think of something like Death Grips almost, like when Death Grips sampled like Charles Manson. It was just like, oh, oh shit. shit, yeah, this is whoa. It's it's yeah, those are great. And it, it, that was my biggest disappointment. Really, is that those tracks weren't on.
1: I think I figured that something out, Zach. Reason. I figured something out. You know how the Beatles would always drop singles that didn't appear on their LPs.
0: Yeah.
1: And they record. Brockhampton recorded at Abbey Road.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what they're trying to—they're trying to be uh, Beatlesque. I don't know.
1: They are sort of like a boy band kind of, yeah. but then not crappy. Yeah. So hey, maybe Brockhampton's trying to be the Beatles of hip hop. Mm. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that's it for the day, I guess. Hey, um, listeners, if you like this, you know, give us a like. Give us uh, a follow on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I'm not gonna list the names. Just f- search it. You'll find us. Um, Remember to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And I mean, uh, I don't have to tell you where to find this episode because you, if you're listening to this, you found it. But yeah, tell other people to check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, mm-hmm. or our website, kickknowledgepodcast.com or mm-hmm. through RapAnalysis.com, of course. And um, with that being said. Yeah. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening. Peace. Thanks for
1: listening. Peace.